Heavenly Abba, Yahweh Elohim, creator of heavens and earth, I just pray that this day you send your rock Kodesh my way. Even at this very moment, send him within me to abide as I strive to lead and guide your flock into the green pastures of your word. Cause him to bring to memory all the things I've heard during my study time with you and to filter my lips that nothing escapes from itself that which is good and true. Therefore, from the lesson this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your flock to feed freely. Not that they might be impressed with me, but that they may be blessed by thee. Only pray that you utilize me to illuminate your um, the darkness with your words light, that it displaces and be frightened and strengthen their hands that they might fight to enter into thy kingdom. Therefore, for me this day, Father, I do pray that you allow your light to shine extra bright again, not that they might see me, but that they may find you, the one in whom all glory and honor is due. Yahuwah, my Ellen King, I pray that you accept for me this day my offering. Yahushua's name. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, so we are continuing on our journey of the book of Enoch. Y'all willing, we will be completing <laughs> our journey of the book of Enoch and what a journey it has been. You know, and as throughout the um, journey, we've been seeking to align the book of Enoch with our canon, that is with the 66 books we know and love that we call the Bible, right? You know, and to determine whether or not it was something that was, you know, uh, taboo or something that contradict, you know, Yah's word, you know, um, that we are familiar with. And I'm pretty certain everybody had an opportunity to see that it definitely did not, you know, go against anything. In, in fact, many, 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 many places we found that it aligned perfectly, right? You know, so to y'all be the glory. Um, we're going to um, get into the last two chapters today, which is 107 and 108. So let's just jump right in. Enoch chapter 107, verse 1. And it says, And I saw written on them that generation upon generation shall transgress, till a generation of righteousness arises. And transgression is destroyed and sin passes away from the earth and all manner of good comes upon it. Yeah. All right, so here it is. Enoch is talking about a generation of righteousness, you know, that will eventually arise, you know, um, you know, and that transgression and sin is, is destroyed and passed away from the earth, you know, and all manner of good comes upon it, you know, and so... This too aligns with our canon. When we look at Psalms 14.5, it says, There were they in great fear, for Elohim is in the generation of the righteous. So we see that, you know, our canon, our measuring stick truly um, measures up. And it speaks about a generation of the righteous, you know. Um, and just so that you know, like, there is no other place, you know, that uses this terminology generation of righteous other mm -hmm. righteous you know um, so what's the psalmist quoting Enoch makes you wonder right mm -hmm. you know um, but we see this this ideology we, we do find it elsewhere in scripture you know uh, such in, as in revelations when we consider revelations 
22 and 3, it says, And he laid hold on the dragon, that's that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years, and cast him into the bottomless pit, and shut him up, and set a seal upon him, and he should deceive the nations no more, till the thousand years be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a season. So we know for this thousand years, there's no temptation, you know, um, from, from the devil, that is, from the serpent, you know, and this is that generation of righteousness, you know, in which all manner of good come upon the earth. You know, let me have my first reader read verses 2 and 3 of Enoch 107. And now, my son, go and make known to thy son Lamech that this son which has been born is in truth his son, and that he is no lie. And when Methuselah had heard the words of his father Enoch, for he had shown to him everything in secret, he returned and showed them to him and called the name of that son Noah, for he will comfort the earth after the destruction. Hallelujah. And we know from our, from our scriptures that he truly did, you know, and just as a backdrop to the story, you know, uh, Lamech, which was Noah's father, had a dream, you know, or a vision, you know, about the son that he was going to have. And he didn't know if it was, you know, truly going to be his or if it was going to be, a, you know, some angel because it had some, some uh, strange characteristics, we'll say. You know, and so they went to his grandfather Enoch to find find out the truth and so he's he's responding and he says you know it is in truth his son you know and he will he will comfort the earth and so he did okay. you know yep that was it that was chapter 107 That's, that was all of it you know so <laughs> we got through that whole chapter so <laughs> Now we're going to continue on to chapter 108. 108.1 says another book which Enoch wrote for his son Methuselah and for those who will, who will come after him and keep the law in the last days. Now that could be talking to us right there. Right? You know. Now this is, you know, like this is huge to me because like first of all if you, if you guys recall when we first embarked upon this journey of Enoch in the first um, couple of verses, he, he says that, you know, look, I'm not even writing this stuff for y'all. You know, for, for, for people of my day, I'm writing it for those of the end times, for that last generation, you know. And so here it is. We see him saying, you know, that he's writing, you know, for his son, but also for those who will come after him and keep the law in the last days. Now, for him to say that, he must have knew or understood that there would be many that would not keep the law in the last days. You know, he's not taking it for granted that it's a given like everyone's going to be doing Yah's law in the last days. In fact, he's kind of pointing out like, you know, it's going to be something that's obscure. You know, and he's writing for them who do keep his law in the last days. You know, and I, I just think this is like huge. It's like super prevalent, you know, in our day and time because, you know, many people teach in the here and now that his law is done away with. You know, and so as a result, many uh, many folks, they don't want to keep his law in these last days. 
and many of them aren't keeping this law in these last days. You know, so I think that's just, you know, huge. Let's consider um, Exodus 16, 4. It says, Then said Yahuwah unto Moshe, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. You know, so Yah is interested in those who will walk in his law. You know, and I think people, you know, don't really think this thing through, you know, those who don't want to keep it. Hmm. Consider Joshua 1.7. He tells Joshua, only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe and do according to all the law, the Torah, which Moshe, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. You know, observe to do according to all the Torah or all the law. You know, that was then and that's now. Consider Second Kings 17.13. says, Yet Yahuwah testified against Israel and against Yahudah by all the prophets and by all the seers saying, turn ye from your evil ways and keep my commandments and statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants to prophets. You know, for an Elohim that says that he changes not, for him to make very strong statements concerning his law or his Torah such as these how can someone think that he would just one day say ah never mind you don't gotta get that after he done went through the trouble of coming down on the mountain you know after he done you know told them to rope off the mountain you know, and make certain they don't cross the line, you know, under the penalty of death. You know, after he went to these great limbs to bring them out of Mizraim or Egypt with, a, with the strong arm that he did, only to bring them, you know, to his holy mountain to give them his holy law. How can anyone think that he went through all that just to say, oops, my bad, you know, uh, yeah, that was a that was a bad idea. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't think uh, I don't, I don't, you know, y'all don't need to do that. Psalm seventy eight one. Give ear, O my people. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. This is what Yah was saying yesterday. This is what He's saying today. And I'm here to tell you, this is what He's gonna be saying tomorrow. Because He changes not. And the son not no different. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, right? That's right. They don't change. Now, this next um, this next thing we're gonna deal with is found in the New Testament documents only. You know, and the reason that this becomes significant is because 
They're only found in the New Testament, but they're found in the book of Enoch. See, and you have to understand, like, you know, this was, this was one of the um, big things they had against Enoch. They were saying this was spurious writing. It was written um, after the Gospels. And one of the reasons they were saying that is because many of the things that it spoke about are only found in the Gospels. Well, could it simply be that the Gospels were quoting from Enoch? That's right. You know, why did, why did the writing have to be, you know, much later? How come they just couldn't have been quoting from it? Come on, somebody. Enoch 108, verses 2 and 3. My next reader, please. You have done good, shall <clears throat> you who have done good shall wait for those days, till an end is made of those who work evil, and an end of the might of the transgressors. And wait ye indeed till sin has passed away, for their names shall be blotted out of the book of life, and out of the holy books, and their and, and their seed shall be destroyed forever. And their spirits shall be slain, and they and they shall cry and make lamentation in a place that is chaotic, wilderness, and in the fire shall they burn, for there is no earth there. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Okay, so Enoch, you're talking about some real stuff right here, right? Mm -hmm. You know now. He says, ye who have done good shall wait for those days till an end is made of those who work evil. The evil workers have an end coming. Don't pay no mind to how they look like they may be prospering now. They have an end coming. You know, don't get discouraged because, you know, things may not be going exactly the way you want or you may feel like you haven't, haven't you're not getting your just due you know, for being righteous, you know, they have an end coming, but we have a beginning coming. And that beginning that we have coming, it will be the beginning of our reward. Yes. You know, they're just kind of getting their reward in the here and now. We're going to get our reward in the hereafter. Their reward is temporal. Our reward is eternal. Amen? You know, so don't become envious of the wicked. Now, consider verse 3. He says, for their names shall be blotted out of the book of life. What is this book of life? Because the book of life isn't mentioned in the Old Testament. Search as ye will, you will not find the words, the book of life, in the Old Testament writings. You know, now, it may speak of some holy books, but not the book of life. And that's something um, to, to consider. You know. Now. Because there is someone who does speak about it. Even our Messiah Yahshua. You know in his revelation. He says. He that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name. Out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father. 
and before his angels. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. now, here it is. He's talking about this book of life, and he's talking about blotting names out. Mm -hmm. You know, now, this is what Enoch is talking about. Then Yahshua, he come, and he's talking about a book of life, and he's talking about blotting names out. Where did that come from? Because it's not in the Old Testament writings. So, where did this ideology come from? We're reading about it, right? Yeah. Which ones came? Which one? Which writing came first? Enoch or Revelation? It's not hard to figure out. You know. So, here it is. This is where this stems from. Consider Revelation 13, 8, it says, And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You know, so Enoch told us about the book of life. And he told us about the possibility of names being blotted out of that book of life. But Yahshua expounds on that book of life a bit. He tells us that it's not just the book of life, but it's the book of life of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the Lamb's book of life. What Lamb? The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That Lamb. Hallelujah. See, that's what I'm talking about. So he expounds on it. And what else does he tell us? He says, whose names are not written. Some folks' names aren't written in the book. Some folks' names are written. See, you know, we get, we need to understand, we need to learn from this. Some some folks' names are written in the book, but just because your name is in the book don't mean it's going to remain in the book because he's talking about some people's names being blotted out of the book. Now, what a sad day that will be if you get before your judge and your king and you find out your name actually was in the book but got blotted out. And you got some clown behind you talking about you almost made it. Mm. You was this close. Mm. We don't want that to be us. Yeah. We want our name in the book and remain yes. in the book. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> you know, so, you know, don't get comfortable if you believe your name is written in the book. You know, you can't become complacent. You know, you have to play this out to the end. You know, yes, we're fear and trembling. You know, because uh, now this also teaches us something else. It teaches us that there are some entities and maybe even some people that's on the earth who names are not even written in the book. Maybe never was written in a book. Say lot. Then let's consider Revelation twenty twelve. You know, it says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before Elohim, and the books were opened. Now remember, Enoch talked about the Book of Life, but he also talked about some other holy books, right? Yeah, so we see that our canon, our measuring stick, it too speaks about other books outside of the book of life. You know, it says, 
and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. So you see, we have the book of life, and we have these other books, you know, and seeing, just seeing that they, you know, that God is dealing with them, we know they're holy, right? That's right. And it says, and the dead were just out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, you're going to be judged according to your what? Works. I'm here to tell you how you get works. You get works by doing Torah. That's right. And if you're not doing Torah, if you're not doing the law, then you're not going to have any works. And if you, well, you're not going to have any good works. Let me put it that way. You're going to have some works. Everyone's going to have some works. But you're not going to have any good works. Because there's nothing good except for that which comes from Elohim. And so when we do his works, we accumulate good works. Amen? You know, all those other works are just that, other works. You know, so I pray that you have enough good works to offset your other works. Say that. Now, because I know with this group, somebody going to call me on it. But Exodus 32:32 32, 32 does speak about a book. You know, but as I as before mentioned, I said the book of life is not mentioned in the Old Testament scriptures. You know, here it says, yet now, if you will forgive their sin, this is Moshe speaking, and it says, and if not, block me, I pray you out of your book, which you have written. But it doesn't tell you what book. And I'll tell you what book this is. You know. Now, we can assume that it's the book of life. But you know what happens when we make assumptions. So we're not going to do that. Nope. Alright. Alright. We're going to keep it moving. Now, the latter part of verse 3. Of Enoch 108 verse 3. Says, And they shall cry and make lamentation in a place that is a chaotic wilderness. And in the fire shall they burn, for there is no earth there. Now, I present to you that this is speaking of the lake of fire. You know, just as if you're in a lake, and if you're in a deep lake, you know, going like Lake Michigan or something, we're going to use that lake. You know, there's no earth there. You're in the water. You know, so to me, this is speaking of something like the lake of fire, you know, and the lake of fire also is only spoken of in the New Testament writings, you know, and here it is. You have Revelation 19, 20, it says, and the beast was taken and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. And them that worshipped his his image, these both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. You know, a fire that's burning. That's that where there is no earth. You know, Revelations twenty fourteen and fifteen, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was found written. Found who and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is where we don't want to go. This is the death we don't want to experience. 
it's appointed to all men to die once. So we all going to die mm-hmm. once. But you don't have to die twice. Right. So I implore you to do whatever needs to be done not to die the second time. You know, uh, Revelation 20.10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. And so here it is. We see the lake of fire is a place where torment goes on. And we see that Enoch is talking about a place where they cry and make lamentation. That is a, a chaotic wilderness. And it's a place of fire, you know, where they shall burn. It doesn't sound like a fun place. It doesn't sound like anywhere we would like to be. You know, so we have the option to choose. Mm-hmm. You know, even as Moshe gave Israel the option to choose, so has the prophet who was like unto Moshe, Yahushua HaMashiach, also gave yeah. us the ability to choose. He gave us a choice. Choose life or choose death. You know, I implore you to choose life. Yeah. You know, let me have our next reader read Enoch 108, 4 through 6, please. And I saw there something like an invisible cloud, for by reason of its death, I could not look over. And I saw a flame of fire blazing brightly, and things like shining mountains circling and sweeping to and fro. And I asked one of the holy angels who was with me and said unto him, what is this shining thing? For it is not heaven, but only the flame of a blazing fire, and the voice of weeping, crying, and lamentation, and strong pain. And he said unto me, This place which thou see, here are cast the spirits of sinners and blasphemers, and of those who work wickedness, and of those who pervert the- everything that the Adonai hath spoken through the mouth of the prophet even the things that shall be. Hallelujah. All right, so, again, there's this voice of weeping and lamentation and strong pain coming from this place. And so he asks, what is this place? And he says, the place which thou see here are cast the spirits of sinners and blasphemers and those who work with wickedness and other, those who pervert everything that the Adonai have spoken. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want to be in this place. You know? And consider Revelation 14, 9, and 10 in conjunction with this. It says, Third angel follows them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive the mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of Elohim, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. You know, understand, like, there are these beings that's coming whose name was never written in the book of life. And they're going to blaspheme everything concerning Yah. You know, and we read about this in Revelation, you know, and you know, this uh, beast, you know, he's going to, he's going to um, hit this beast, this, you know, they call him Apollyon in the Greek or Baton in the, um, 
in uh, Hebrew. And he's going to be this king, you know, and he's going to cause people to receive his mark or his number, you know. Uh, and everyone who does, they're going to have to go to this place. You know, they're going to have to go to this place. And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy because I hear so many people who talk about, you know, they wouldn't do that. Yet I see so much evidence that they will do just that. All they got to do is tell them they can't fly. Or that they can't work. Or they, they, can't, they can't go to school. All they have to do is threaten them with the conveniences of this world. See, so many people, they want to live for y'all only when it's convenient. Only when they can have the world with y'all. They want y'all and the world. They're the, like the Laodiceans. They lukewarm. They don't want to be hot. Can't, I don't want to be too hot, but I don't want to be too cold either. You know? I want to be in the middle. I want to be lukewarm. But Yahshua said, because ye are lukewarm, he will spew you out of his mouth. He'd rather you be hot or cold. You know? And this is something to take note of now. Because I assure you, these things are around the corner. They're around the corner, y'all. I'm going to tell you something. Never before in the history of mankind has mankind been at a point where they could cause all of the end time prophecies to come to pass from a technological viewpoint. See, because remember, at the end of the day, the beast and the false prophet aren't going to be performing miracles. They're going to be performing lying signs and wonders. So they're going to be looking like miracles, but they're going to be fake miracles. They're going to be technology, i.e. lying signs and wonders. Now, never before in the history of mankind has they been able to do all the lying signs and wonders, you know, or imitate the signs and wonders that's in Scripture. But today they can do every last one of them. Even causing, even causing fire to come from heaven. Which is what Elijah did. They can do every one of them. Via technology. So I'm here to tell you. If you're looking for the miracle signs and wonders to be, to be your clue. You're going to be in trouble. I'm here to tell you. I'm going to tell you that again. If you're looking for the miracle signs and wonders to be your clue then you're going to be in trouble. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because there's never been a people on the planet that's been closer to these things happening. And I got news for you. As close as we are today, tomorrow, we're going to be a little bit closer. 
So I implore you, get it together. Yeah. You know, take these things seriously. Because Yahshua said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. And in the days of Noah, he says, they was they was marrying and entering into marrying and married. And they was, you know, eating and drinking and mm -hmm. making married, you know. And next thing you know, destruction was upon them. So if it's going to be like then, then it's going to happen suddenly. And if you're not ready, you're not going to have time to get ready. But if you get ready now, then you don't have to get ready later because you'll be already ready. I try to be like the battery people. I try to be ever ready. So whenever it comes, I'm good. I suggest you do the same. Let me have my next reader read verses 7 through 9 of Enoch 108. For some of them are written and inscribed above in, the sh in heaven in the order that the angels may read them and know that which shall befall sinners in the spirits of the humble and those who have afflicted their bodies and been recompensed by Elohim and of those who have been put to shame by wicked men who love Elohim and love neither gold nor silver nor any good things which are in the world but gave over their bodies to torture who since they came into being long not after earthly flood but regarded everything as a passing breath and lived accordingly and the Adonai tried them much and their spirits were found pure so that they should bless his name hallelujah you know, he talking about them real believers right here. You know, these not them, uh, these not them, them would be's. You know, these not the, you know, make believes. These, these not the imitators. These the originators. These the real saints right here. These are those who love Elohim. You know, over gold and silver. You know, over all the good things of the world. These are the ones who will subject their bodies to torture. For his name's sake. You know. It says. Since they came into being. Long not after earthly food. These are the ones who rather eat his word. Than to eat earthly food. You know. And take note. It says. And the Adonai tried them much. Tried them much. So that they should bless his name. They had to be tried. To bless his name. And I know that that, that may seem complex. And you know we'll come back to it. Just put it on the shelf right now. But what I want to deal with right this minute is. The Adonai tried them much. And I want to, I want to bring this point out. Because. If he tried them. You best believe he going to try us. See, I'm bringing this out so that you can understand the ways of Yah. Because if you don't understand his ways, then you're going to get lost when, it, when his ways come upon you. Right. Consider Exodus 16, 4. It says, Then said Yahuwah unto Moshe, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you. Talking about manna, right? He said, I'm going to rain bread from heaven for you. Now, he continues on and he says, The people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day. But then he gives the reason that he's going to bring it. Not because they're hungry. Mm -hmm. He gives the reason that he's going to bring it. It's not because they're hungry. 
even though they were out there and they were feeling like they were starving to death, he's giving them rain from heaven. He's going to rain bread from heaven, not because they're hungry, but that he may prove them whether they will walk in his Torah or not. Did you catch that? If he proved them, if he proved them even back there with Enoch, so that Enoch is writing the Bible, he proved them back in the wilderness so that Moshe wrote about it. Don't you know he's going to prove us too? Yes. Because why is he going to prove us? The same reason he proved them. Whether we will walk in his Torah or no. Whether we're going to keep his commandments or no. Consider Judges 2, 21 and 22. It says, I also will not henceforth drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua left when he died. Now this is important. I want you to, this is important. And, and the reason it's important, because it's talking about Joshua, and Joshua is a type of Yahushua. Actually, it's his namesake. They have the exact same name in all actuality, but I just pronounce it Joshua so that we can discern betwixt the two. All right? You know, so he says, I also, this is Yah speaking. He's talking about he won't drive out the other nations any uh, more from before them, them being Israel, you know, which Yahushua left. See, us knowing that that's, yeah, Joshua is a type of Yahushua, we can, and we know that Yahuwah changed him not. We can, we can um, also see that this pertains to us in that Yahushua, when he left, he left some things for us to work yeah. out as well. Yeah. He left some things for us to drive out as well. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. You know, so we need to understand that. You know, if he didn't drive out all the enemies from Israel, then you know when when uh, Yahushua's namesake was was here on the uh, on the earth, then after Yahushua left, he left he left some enemies for us to drive out too. You know, first the natural, then the spiritual. Spiritual. So he left physical enemies then, but for us, we have spiritual enemies that we have to drive out. Right. See, this is why they had physical. Armor, but we're given spiritual armor. Amen? You know, because we have some spiritual enemies that we have to drive out. This is why Paul said we fight not against flesh and blood. Because we're not fighting against flesh and blood, we're fighting against these spiritual enemies. Because we're even support called to be spiritual beings. Because he said that no flesh or blood shall enter into the kingdom of Elohim. He said, except ye be born again, i.e. father from above, ye shall by no means see the kingdom. You know, so if we're going to get in, you know, say we got in, we still have some enemies to drive out. You know, because our L is a just L. He's not going to do he's not going to do for one and not do for the other. If they had to drive some, some out, we got to drive some out. You know, just like Joshua gave them a head start, Yahushua gave us a head start. But we still have some work to do. And he, le he left them there for a reason. To prove us. Hence we read in Judges 2.22. It says, you know, he says, Henceforth, um, I will not henceforth drive, drive out any from before them of the nations which Joshua 
uh, left when he died that through them I may prove Israel. Whether they will keep the way of Yahuwah to walk therein as their fathers did keep it or not. So again, he's concerned with his commandments. He's concerned with his way of doing things. Take note, he didn't just say, you know, that they'll keep the way of Yahuwah, but he said, as their fathers did keep it. You know, see, this is why we have to go back to the ancient paths. This is why we have to do things the old way. You know, because he don't change. The old way is still the way. The new way is not the way. You know, verses 10 and 11, my next reader, please. And all the blessing destined for them I have recounted in the books, and he have assigned them their recompense because they have been found to be such as love heaven more than life in the world. And though they were trodden underfoot of wicked men and experienced abuse and revealing from them and were put to shame, yet they blessed me. And now I will summon the spirits of the good who belong to the generation of light. And I will transform those who were born in darkness, who in the flesh they were recompensed with such honor as faithfulness deserved. Hallelujah. All right, so now we, we, we're getting a, getting a good look at the, um, at the saints. You know, they love heaven more than life in the world. Now, there's no place else that it speaks about the kingdom of heaven except for in the New Testament. You know, here's Enoch talking about how the saints would love heaven more than life in the world. You know, we have access to the kingdom of heaven. But do we love heaven more than we love our life in the world? You know, that is the question. You know, it's a whole lot of people whole lot of people talk the talk. But not too many willing to walk that walk. Not too many willing to walk the walk. They just want to talk. They just want to be heard. Stop talking. Start doing some showing. Show people what righteousness look like. Show them what love look like. Show them what obedience look like. Show them what a saint look like. Yeah. You know, that's why it's so, so few, because we have so few examples. You know, he says, and though they were trodden underfoot of wicked men and experienced abuse and reveling from them and were put to shame, yet they blessed me. You know, so in spite of it all, in spite of it all, we still recognize, you know, that Yah is good and worthy to be praised. Amen. Amen. You know, verse 11 said, I will summon the spirits of the good who belong to the generation of light. The generation of light. And it says, who were in the flesh were not recompensed with such honor as their faithfulness deserved. 
Don't you know that you're not going to get everything you deserve in this lifetime? If you're good, if you if you're a saint, if you're good, if you're truly a Elohim, it's very likely that you're not going to get the honor that your faithfulness deserved in the here and now. But don't you fret because it's not lost. You're going to get it in the hereafter. And you'd rather have it in the hereafter. You don't want it in the here and now where it's just temporal. You want it in the hereafter where you're happy forevermore. Amen? You know, so consider that. You know, Kepha said in 1 Kepha 2, 9 through 11, he says, but ye are a chosen generation. You know, a chosen generation. Remember that generation of righteous, of the righteous? You know, now this generation of light, you know, is a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can you see this generation of light in this passage? There's a generation of light that's being spoken of. You know, he said he goes on to say, which in times past were not a people, but are now the people of Elohim, which had not attained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. You know, see, this is the type of person who will love heaven more than life in the world because they recognize that they're just here as a stranger. They're only here as a pilgrim. They're just passing through that this isn't they're permanent. This is just their temporal. And so they're storing up and they're arranging things for their permanent existence. And they're not paying too much attention to this fleeting existence. You know, and one day they're going to get what their faithfulness deserves. And they're going to be overjoyed. And all those who are enjoying this world you know, that's going to be their only reward is what they received in this world. And it's, it's nothing that that can even compare. 108.12 says, I will bring forth in shining light those who have loved my holy name. I will seat each on the throne of his honor. You know, and our canon absolutely aligns with this. In Revelation 24, it says, and I saw thrones and they and they sat upon them, and judgment was given to them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Yahushua and for the word of Elohim, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Mashiach a thousand years. That's the group we want to be in. That's the group we want to be in, that generation of light. Enoch 108, 13 through 15 says, And they shall be resplendent for times without number. For righteousness is, is, is the judgment of Elohim. For the faithful he will give faithfulness and the habitation of upright paths. And they shall see those who were born in darkness led into darkness. Mm -hmm. While the righteous shall be resplendent. And the sinners shall cry aloud and see them resplendent. And they indeed will go where the days and seasons are prescribed for them. You know, there's a wonderful reward awaiting the righteous. 
You know, all we have to do is walk in Yah's will, way, and purposes and endure to the end. That's all I have for you. Prayer was a blessing. All right, we'll take any questions at this time.